today. Welcome to Showbread. Because it's fresh. <laughs> My name is Jesse. I'm with Pastor Drew here. Pastor Drew, how was your day today? It was glorious. Another Ooh. great day. The sun was shining. Awesome. A little bit of rain. A little bit of rain. But a little bit of rain was good. We went out early for evangelism team. Okay. And the Orange Army, that's what we call it. We all wear orange shirts. Mm-hmm. And it was an incredible day of evangelism. I saw about three or four folks that had stopped through the church that were driving by or walking by. I re-invited them. Good. Guy I got That's to awesome. pray with, his name was Tom. Tom. He was kind of in a stupor, but he was really down on his luck. If you're listening we, to this, Tom. Oh, I'm telling you, Tom, I might not remember. He was in a little bit of a stupor. We prayed for God to open up a new opportunity for him. And in the middle of our prayer, he said, will you pray that I could know God? Amazing. It was beautiful. It's amazing. And then believe this story or not, as we were standing on the curve, me and Chris Anderson, another brother named Tom, we were praying. And all of a sudden, we started hearing these shrieks. Mm. And this lady, I think she was demon-possessed. Wow. She started screaming at our people because we do these chants back and forth. Yeah. And she started just flipping out. And we could hear her screaming, but we couldn't quite see her. And I guess she stripped off all of her clothes. Whoa. And made some <laughs> weird gestures at us and then took off. You got to be demon possessed for that. <laughs> it was madness. But I tell you what, we just had a sense that God was working. We got to pray with people, invite a lot of people. This morning, we got a young man in the uh, church that's training for a fight, so I got to train him. And then my son had his first basketball practice today. He did really well. And uh, now I'm here, man. I've been looking forward to this. And we got service tonight. Nice. How about you? How about, I had a full day, and this is the pinnacle of it. Awesome. How about yourself? You have a good day? I had a great day. I know. Before we before we went on air today, Pastor Drew, I talked about how my back hurts. I'm sorry. It's been sore. <laughs> it, is, it is sore. I did a lot of sitting. Hey. <laughs> my job has a man lot of Man was made to move, man. You know? Don't cage the beast. That's right. And so... Not a really great day. It's raining, you know. It was kind of hard maneuvering through the rain. Yeah, like low visibility. A lot of bad drivers. A lot of bad drivers. Low visibility, um, especially you know I, I work in a town that has a lot of unprotected green lights, unprotected oh. left turns. Yeah. So like, and it's an older community with uh, you know maybe some uh, more seasoned drivers, but right. less seasoned at the same time. And uh, they decide to just go whenever they want to go and respect <laughs> the rules of the road. But uh, but Pastor, you know I think it's it's fitting today that. It's raining here in Riverside. It's raining all through Southern California. I think it'd be great to talk about. I know last week we talked about fire. Oh, that was great. It was great. Um, thank you for that. Uh, I think moving forward in the in today's episode, I would like to talk a little bit about water. Yeah. And like how like God, you know, and we're on this, you know, this next couple of episodes about how God uses the different elements to show Himself or to use, to wield. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about a little bit about water. You know what I like about these conversations is water is something you have to deal with all the time. So is fire. So are the elements. We want to remind you wonderful listeners and champions and teammates. We want to remind you that God's with you. Mm-hmm. And that everything can lead you back to God. Amen. So when you talk about water, well, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And there was a time when the earth was without form and void. And then God separated the land from the water. So mm-hmm. I say that to say God created the water. Mm-hmm. And there was a separation process. But the first time I really think of the rain was in that time of Noah. Where it never <laughs> rained before. A mist used to cloud the earth. Yeah. And it would water all the vegetation. And so this guy, he must have been crazy out of his mind for about 100 years. Him and his sons were building this massive, ginormous wooden barricade. I don't even know if they would have known what it was going to be. You know, I think, Pastor, let me interject for a second. I think a lot of people, you know, growing up or even the secular world have known like the story of Noah and heard of the flood and, but it's not, I think it was, it's portrayed differently than actually is portrayed in the Bible. It was actually a very 
sad time during oh. that time. You know, I was listening one time. I was listening to your dad preach, and and I I I, I, I he quoted the Bible. And he said, "Then God closed the door." It was the Lord that did it. The Lord that closed the door, and and imagine you know the people trying to get in. But I'm sorry, Patrick. Explain the story so the listeners can understand well, exactly. But this isn't the the the, the childhood story where no. happy animals and boats and a boat. It's not that. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? You know, our good friend. C.S. Anderson, a great author, Anderson. great teacher, great theologian, oh, great minister of the gospel. He hates it when he sees these kids with these cartoon Sunday school books. Yeah, and I agree with him. I didn't always, but I do now because he says we're making it look like fairy tales when it's not. Yeah, these things really happen, and so all over the world, there's the legends, the myths, and to us, the truth of the flood. But mankind was multiplying, and they were becoming more and more wicked. Look at Genesis chapter 6. God was grieved. He was sorry that he had made mankind because every intention of their thoughts were against God. They were selfish. We're selfish. Yeah. They were pleasure-seeking. They were in the moment. You could even talk about the Nephilim, maybe another story for another time. Mm -hmm. But God was going to punish the earth. God was about done with mankind, and so he's going to send this flood. And Noah was a man that found grace in the eyes of God. The goodness of God reached out to Noah. And so Noah called him, God called Noah to build this huge boat, this big ark. And then God called the animals to come. And, and so he saved it as a rain began to fall down upon the earth for some 40 days and 40 nights. And, and then it says that the waters above the earth began to fall, but also the, the surface of the deep erupted and water came from within the earth. And so the whole earth was flooded. It wasn't just a local flood. The Bible makes it very clear. It was a worldwide flood when all flesh that was not in that ark perished. Mm -hmm. And you're right. It is a sad story of when God got fed up and the wrath came and the wrath was the water. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, in that story, I always, you know, after hearing that sermon from your father and thinking I, I really changed my perception on, on the story. Cause I, I used to think, oh, it's a happy, you know, wow, God, there's a rainbow and there's like... Right. There's animals at the end of it, and like they're all, it's a fun time. It's not a fun time. Can you imagine the sound of people banging on the ark? Yeah. As the waters are falling, the waters are rising. Mm -hmm. Maybe they got makeshift rafts. Yeah. The echoes of hundreds of people. Yeah. It would have been like a zombie apocalypse. Hundreds, thousands of people. I mean, people run into the tallest cliffs. Let me in. There's a great picture by an artist named Gustav Dior. And he's got all these animals kind of climbing over each other and people desperate to get to the last peak mm -hmm. just to survive a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I do think that baptism is in a sense a picture of that flood. Mm. And in the flood, only some eight souls, just a handful of souls were saved. And they had to go through the waters as it is to come out on the other side of it. Mm -hmm. And so baptism... Is a sign of cleansing. It's a sign of washing. You know, water is washing. It purifies. We take baths. We take showers. And when you come out of the water, you're clean. And the concept is you're different. You're something different than you were. Mm -hmm. I'm sure Noah and his sons were very different men yeah. when they exited the ark than when they entered the ark. Yeah. The earth was a very different place. Yeah. And so I do think that water has a symbol of destructive power, mm -hmm. but also renewing power. Mm. That it wasn't God's intention to utterly destroy everybody, or there would have been no ark. Mm -hmm. But through the waters, we're changed. And so I think when we talk about water in the scripture, to me, especially in the New Testament, you got to talk about baptism. Let's, let's segue into baptism. I like what you said, that the flood represents or is kind of the same as baptism. Talk a little bit about why should we get water baptized? 
or take a part of water baptism. Well, the Apostle Paul, he or the uh, Peter, he makes that transition of comparison those two together. But we ought to be baptized for a few reasons. Number one is the simplest. Jesus said to. If he yeah. said to do it, <laughs> you do ought it. to do it. Yeah, you better do it. Jesus was baptized. That's a, that's a good reason. Peter also talks about how it cleanses your conscience and gives you a good answer towards God. Hmm. And so as dirt is taken away from your skin in a shower or a bath, we've all sinned and fallen short, and we all have bad consciences. And in the act of obeying Jesus in water baptism, it's this new experience that you have where you kind of realize what's happened to your soul. Hmm. We like to say it's an outward expression of an inward faith. It's also you declaring your allegiance to Jesus. And if you will declare Jesus before men, he'll declare you before his Father in heaven. And so in our church, we have this big rectangle. It looks like a huge coffin. In fact, I joke with the kids when new kids come, they go, what's that? I go, well, that's actually where we keep the dead bodies before we bury them because they want to be close to God. And kids go, really? And they go, you want to see? And they go, yeah, 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 all right. And I'll open it just a little bit and they'll, they'll lean in and then I'll go, boom, they'll get real scared. But I like, to keep, oh, I like to keep it in the forefront of the church, this water baptismal we have. Because every week we don't baptize somebody, I feel like we, we miss something. God yeah. wants to add to his church daily. And baptism does solidify the direction you're headed. It's you declaring it. So they'll sit in the baptism and we'll ask them, have you decided that you will be a follower of Jesus Christ? Do you know, do you believe that he died on the cross, was buried, and rose from the dead? And they'll say, yes. That's a public declaration of yeah, their faith. Absolutely. And then we'll ask them, is there anything you want to say? And they'll often thank people that led them to Jesus. Then they'll grab their nose, grab their arm, and me and somebody else will we'll dunk them all the way under and we'll bring them all the way back in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And what I've seen is people that take that step of baptism are much more consistent going to church, Absolutely. are much more consistent in their growth because it's a serious thing. Yeah. I remember this one kid from the neighborhood. He came by himself and he, he was a fun kid, always laughing, always smiling, didn't have a good attention span, but people loved him here at the church. And The first time he saw baptism, he was just giggling. This older lady got baptized, and she was all soaking wet, and she was so moved. Her son had gotten baptized, and then she said, I need to get baptized too. And she came up, we baptized her, and this boy just couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> I said, man, buddy, what's so funny after the service? He goes, that lady, she was all wet in front of everybody. She should be so embarrassed. <laughs> I thought, yeah, to us Christians, we kind of get what it means. Mm -hmm. But to a kid, he just thought I was dunking some old lady under the yeah. water. It, it doesn't fit. It is a step in front of others, a public declaration that my sins are washed away. Mm -hmm. And I like to tell people this, this baptism is like your grave. And the old you, the old sins, all your past mistakes, they stay in this water. Mm -hmm. And we bring you up to a newness of life. And when we do, the people celebrate. So baptism is so important because it's in a sense renouncing your old life. Yeah. Us Americans don't have a lot of pagan gods or idols that we used to pray to or used to worship. Mm -hmm. But in other cultures, they'll allow you to pray to Jesus and love God. But when you take water baptism to a Hindu family, that often is the step that separates you from fathers, mothers, brothers, sisters. Mm -hmm. In some Muslim families, I've, I've come to hear stories of that they'll tolerate people, you know, reading the Bible, going to church, talking about this great prophet, Jesus. He's the son of God. They don't like that part. But you take baptism, 
it's you renouncing Islam. It's you renouncing Islam. Mm-hmm. We have a, quite a few gang members here. Mm-hmm. And I've seen gang members get baptized and renounce their old gang. Amazing. So it's it's in a sense you declaring my old life is dead. Don't expect my old behaviors. Don't expect just like in the flood, everybody died. Yeah. Except Noah. And so when you come out of the water, it's like you saying, I found the ark. I'm fortunate. I made it. Yeah, it's it's really level setting. I think when I got baptized and I'm sure for you, like you know, I was thinking about it. I was like, you know what? I really want to be a Christian. I pray, Amen. I pray, you know, the Lord's prayer and accept Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. But it wasn't until I got baptized to be like, you know what? This is it. This is the starting moment of my new life. Of course, I love the Lord and I prayed those prayers and that's true. But it's not until you're in front of people saying, you know what? I'm going to be different. And that's when the transformative process starts is taking water baptism, I believe. Pastor, I have a question for you. Sure. If you didn't get water, you know, a lot of people might be listening to this. Uh, if you don't get water baptized, do you, does that mean that you maybe don't get to go to heaven? Or No, no, I would not say that. I do think it's disobedient because Jesus said to get baptized. Jesus was baptized. Mm-hmm. The New Testament makes it clear what ought we to do. Believe and be baptized. Mm-hmm. Uh, those who are baptized and believe are saved. We see a lot of good scripture about being baptized. And like you and I are saying... It's awesome. It is awesome. When you get baptized at our church, we make a big fuss. And we yeah. try and baptize every week. Yeah. We talk about you a little bit. We pray for you. Everybody reaches a hand. We yeah. applaud for you. The next week, we give you a baptism. You know this week? We're laminating baptism. Next level nice, now. Nice, We want you to keep that. I can tell you some great stories about how it's impacted people. Maybe we'll get to that in a minute. But that thief on the cross is a great example of a man that didn't have any good deeds, didn't get water baptized. Mm-hmm. He, he was hanging on that cross next to Jesus. He put his faith in Jesus. Jesus today you'll be with me in paradise. Mm-hmm. I do think it's kind of a, a foolish thought to say, well, if you didn't go through some H2O water ritual, you don't get to go to the kingdom of God. Yeah. God is always, those that believe, the just shall live by faith. Abraham had faith, and it was accredited him to righteousness. These are spiritual virtues, spiritual concepts mm-hmm. god is a spiritual being and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth there was a man i knew he was so down he had a really hard life had a terminal disease was always in pain and agony and he struggled with alcohol he had a bad liver bad kidneys and he came to our church and he came to know jesus christ but he Amen. struggled with depression and he'd hear all these terrible voices in his head maybe demonic presence he took water baptism, but his health was so bad he couldn't get dunked in the water. So we took these oh, big gallon I, I buckets. There, you remember that? that? You held the bucket. There. And we doused him in bucket after bucket outside yeah. the church. We were meeting at a high school, J.W. Noah High School. Yeah. Well, one day I went to meet that man, and uh, the coroner was there. He, he was gone. And he lived in this crummy, gang-infested, drug-riddled, prostitute-infested, Apartments in San Bernardino. I mean, the bad part of the bad part. Gate after gate after gate. I got to his little one-room studio apartment. He didn't have hardly any furniture or belongings. But there on his wall was one document hanging, his baptism certificate. It's amazing. It's amazing. So it's great faith and great hope. That meant so much to that man. Mm-hmm. So baptism is a sense of reassurance. I do so many memorials. I did a memorial yesterday. It is so encouraging to the family when I can tell them, hey, he made a public confession of his faith. When we talk about water baptism, you and I, we're talking about immersion. We're not talking about sprinkling with water when you're a baby. Listen, that's a nice thing that your parents intended for you. We're not trying to 
put it down. But that's not what we're talking about. We're yeah. talking about the believer's Absolutely. intentional decision. Mm-hmm. You've known a lot of people. You sit sometimes in a row, two rows sometimes, mm-hmm. of people that you have led to Jesus, mm-hmm. many of which have taken baptism. Yep. What's your observation? when they? You've been on the side of that, that mm-hmm. tank many times. Yeah. What's your observation with the, the young ones when they get uh, baptized? You know, I think, Pastor, that's a good question. I think... I think I feel, for me personally, leading someone to Christ and have, helping them make that decision to get water baptized is is really gratifying for me because I know now that they're making a declaration saying, I want to I want to know more of Jesus. And then that means to me and the whole congregation that we can lean into them more. And we can say, hey, you know what? We are going to correct, correct any behavior or anything. Right. We're going to keep you accountable. We're going to keep you a part of this family. And I think it's amazing when people take water baptism because it's, a, you know, to be honest with you, it is a... You're front, you're getting there. You're you're in front of everybody. <laughs> you're all wet. You're wet. That you know? little kid wasn't wrong. No, you're getting dunked in the water, and from someone that's an unbeliever, something that might think this, oh, this is just religiosity, or this is yeah. just cultural stuff. No, it's there's something spiritual. I was having a conversation with someone the other day about lifting hands in worship and being baptized in the spirit, and those are all fruits and all things that I, I take full advantage of speaking in tongues and the gift of discernment, the Holy spirit moving in his spirit every day and making decisions based on what God has for me daily. And I think to myself like, man, like, thank you God for giving me this power that is unseen. Thank you for giving me this power that is in my heart. But man, I can't believe what it's like to be an unbeliever to not have this power. You know, the, the issues of, you know, anxiety. I work at a company that, there's a lot of people that go through mental illness. There are a lot of people that yeah. have mental illness. A lot of companies now are are doing mental, you know, illness, uh, you know, help. You know, people that can talk to. We we provide therapists, you know, and maybe three sessions for free. And a lot of people are going through a lot of things. But I think when I get down, Pastor Drew, I, I look back and like, man, you know, God, you, you I've been, I, I, I got water baptized. God, you've been holding me. You've been taking care of me yeah. this entire time. And I can look back, and I think when times get tough and when those people get baptized, they'll look back and say, God, there was a time in my life where I knew that you were true and real and are the true and living God. And I even got water baptized. And, and they remember those times, and they come back, and they say, you know what, I need to get back to Christ. I need to come maybe, back to church. Maybe that's partly what it means. It's a good answer towards God. Yeah. In other words, I know what to say. People, I don't think it works like this when you die. If St. Peter were to ask you, why should I let you into heaven? One good, that doesn't happen, but one good answer would be, I was publicly baptized after I made a decision for Jesus Christ. I declared my allegiance to him Mm -hmm. and as an outward expression of an inward faith. You know, we've been talking a lot about water baptism. I think it's very important that we talk about water in the scripture and baptism. I do think that water is often a picture of the Holy Spirit. You and I were talking before, when Jesus was on that cross, Mm -hmm. the soldier pierced his side and out came blood and water. And I think that too is a picture of the Holy Spirit. Remember in John, maybe John chapter 7, Jesus on the last day of the feast, that, and what that feast would entail is these big vats of water being poured out. And when that was going on, Jesus stood and declared, those that believe in me out of his belly will, will run rivers of living water. And this he spoke signifying the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit regenerates. Remember we talked about the flood. The flood washed the earth in a sense. And and then there was regeneration afterward. The Holy Spirit is like that cleansing water that washes our soul. The Holy Spirit is like that life-giving force that quenches us. Mm. And so I do think another picture we see is the Holy Spirit. You mentioned not only water baptism, but Holy Spirit baptism. Yes. And I think that baptism where the water is all around you 
is a good expression of how we that have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit have felt when the Holy Spirit was all around us. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, when you jump off the high dive, you plunge into the water. Yeah. It's all around you. It's everywhere. You yeah. can't get away from it. Mm-hmm. Well, you can have experiences with the Holy Spirit like that. Yeah. And you know, Pastor, that's a good point because this might sound silly, but, I, you know, I, I, I go swim. I love swimming. I go to the pool. I have a pool at my house. And there's times where I, I literally start crying. I'm in the pool by myself. I'll go underneath the water and it's, it's quiet. It's like, it's like I'm in a desert. Still. It's not like I can't hear anything outside. I can't, I'm just looking up from, from under the water, looking up and I think to myself, man, this is what it's like to just be with you. God, everything else is mm-hmm. gone. Every other distraction is, you know, this is what it's like to be baptized and this is what it's like to be truly with you. And sometimes I think, wow, this is what it was like when I got baptized, this is what it's like to be here in this oh. place, you know, where no other distractions there, but just you and me, God. And, uh, I often do that, you know. By myself when I'm in the pool. Obviously, I'm not playing with my kids. Yeah. But um, it's cool. And I think I think submersion and being underwater is great. And I think, you know, getting baptized was a really big part of my life. And I think more than just for my life, it made people know, like, okay, Jesse's pretty serious about this. He's going to really change his life. Yeah. And I think a lot of people were surprised that I was going to get baptized. I think a lot of people, like... Look at me like, yeah, and it's a great talking point as well. You know, like, yeah, yeah. like I'm a Christian. Yeah, I got baptized that day. Oh, we get so many new people at baptisms. Hey, come come see me get baptized. This is really important to me. Mm -hmm. I used to keep the stats every week of who came to church for about a year, year and a half. Every single week, I'd remember everybody that was at church. and The people that got water baptized Mm -hmm. were far more likely to come. A pastor friend of mine asked me, he goes, what's a win? What's a win to you? I go, what do you mean? He goes, like, what do you celebrate? What do you want people to do? What would mean like you did something good or it went really well? And so one of the wins for us is when people get baptized and become members. Mm. A lot of our baptisms come through the membership. When they're getting serious about their relationship with God, when they really want to serve in the church, so we have them go through membership, about a half hour class, and I'll ask them, have you ever received water baptism? Have you been through that experience? And it's amazing to me how many people haven't. Yeah. I mean, this is an important topic for a serious Christian. Mm-hmm. How can you really be a serious Christian and not obey him in water baptism? It's a direct Quote. commandment from God himself. It, what's holding you up, man, yeah. friend, if you're listening? Yeah. Get water baptized. Come yeah. to Riverside Christian Assembly. Get water baptized. Absolutely. Go to your local church. Get water baptized. Call up a Christian friend. Go to a river. Go to a pool. Get water baptized. Absolutely, Pastor Drew. I, yeah, if you are out there and you're just you're on the fence getting water baptized, like, oh, I want to know about Christ and I want to get a little bit more serious in my relation with Him. I want my life to be transformed and changed through the Holy Spirit. I think the first action is to be able to get water baptized. You know, I think that's that's good. Well, Pastor Drew, is there any other things about water that you might see um, in the Scripture there? We can segue into our next topic. Well, you know what? This has been rich. And and I, I think, though, I think... The emphasis on ba- on water baptism, on the Holy Spirit, on cleansing, and also on wrath, remembering the flood. You know, you think about the rains, you know, the rains being withheld when the people were disobedient. I think that's notable. And then the rains and the latter rains coming back when the people were obedient, the land was blessed. The rainbow, he'll never flood the earth. There's a lot of topics, walking on the water. But that's the great thing about the Bible. We can take one or two stories, a few things that really hit us today. Yeah. And then if we revisited this topic, or maybe some of the listeners, you got some comments, yeah, some things about water in the scripture they'd like to leave. Yeah. Man, we would love to read those. Yeah, that, that'd be great. So 
If you guys have any questions or comments, please go ahead and uh, message us. There should be a link in the bio when you're listening to this podcast to be able to add a voice message. So if you want to add a voice message, ask Pastor Drew a question about water baptism, go ahead. We'll get that and we'll answer on the next podcast. Um, this takes me to the next topic, Pastor Drew. I know this podcast here, Pastor Drew, is to be able to equip the listeners with with just applicable knowledge of the Bible. Yeah, and then I think also as well, there's, good, there's, there's forces out there and there's other things that distract I think truly distract people to really get to understand and know who God is. And I think if it's it's false idols, and I think there's a there's a lot of false idols in there, and I think there's one religion or one topic that I want to talk to you about. You know, um, it'd be Mormonism. You know, yeah. being a Mormon, and I have I I've encountered a lot of Mormons in my life, and um, let's talk a little bit about that. Is that okay? Yeah, you bet. I often wear a short sleeve white shirt and a black tie, <laughs> and I go door to door every week, so. Yeah. I'm surprised they haven't recruited me harder. I would be a top-level <laughs> yeah. choice for a Mormon, I think. Absolutely. So I think, and I want to start off, Pastor Drew, can you just talk a little bit about Mormonism and what you think that is to you? What, well, what, is, what, what is the difference between what we believe? And maybe before you talk about Mormonism, let's talk about a little bit of what we believe and then contrast it with what they believe. Yeah, that's a good point. The, the part that I'm most concerned about is the newness of it. It's not good when it's new. I was talking to my dad about a preacher I heard. Him and I were listening, and I said, I never heard that message before. And he goes, yeah, that's because uh, it's not there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, We believe very old books, very old scripture. Mm-hmm. We believe the writings of the apostles. We believe uh, what Jesus taught in the Gospels. We believe the Old Testament scripture that Jesus affirmed. So our faith in the Gospel, the Gospel that Jesus taught, the kingdom of God is near. And put your faith in Jesus, and Jesus died. And was buried and rose from the dead, what they call the kerygma, the essentials of the gospel, that God became a man and dwelt among us. And in Jesus, we can have salvation, that Jesus, the Son of God, will return again. That if we put our faith in him, we can be born again and filled with the Holy Spirit. We love the New Testament. We love the Old Testament. So our doctrine, our teaching is strictly from that. Mm -hmm. And we are a non-denominational church. We don't have the teachings of John Wesley or or Martin Luther. We don't adhere to any traditions besides the Scripture. Mm -hmm. We are a, a good root of Protestantism, I would say. And so in the book of Galatians, Paul makes it clear. He says, listen, if... If anybody or an angel comes to you and has another gospel, a new gospel, you better just call that a curse and leave that thing alone. Mm -hmm. So when people knock on my door saying, hey, we're the Latter-day Saints, we have a new teaching, a new book, a new gospel, I instantly go to Galatians 1 and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was already warned about you guys. Yeah. So... That's one contrast I would say is the newness against our oldness. Let's talk about blasphemy, Pastor Drew. In the Bible, what can you define blasphemy in the Bible? Well, the Lord says, Have no other gods before me. Make no other images, no other gods. You know, in John, John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Amen. And so I do think that there's teachings in Mormonism, and I don't know how well known they all are, where it does seem to me to teach polythe- polytheism. That you, in a sense, can become a god. That you, in a sense, can reign over a planet. That there aren't just one god, but there's many gods. That Jesus and and Satan have this uh, relationship that's not seen in the Bible. It's in Mormonism in in in, in the book. I guess I'll, I'll I'll talk a little bit about it. Is that the Mormons believe that that Elohim uh, was just one person, was a spiritual person, and then had a son named Jesus and another son named Lucifer. 
and that the Jesus and Lucifer are actually brothers. Yeah. And that Joseph Smith, uh, you know, in the 1800s found <laughs> there was an ancient war that happened. And, and I guess when Jesus in the, the Book of Mormon is a, the Book of Mormon, Jesus, when he died on the cross, but before he went to heaven, he actually went to here to America. USA. Yeah. He went here to South America and America to share his gospel message to the people that lived here. The indigenous people lived here. And there's a whole other book called the Book of Mormon. They have a lot of other teachings. They have a university called BYU, Brigham yeah. University. And I think the biggest thing that I'm, that I don't want to say I, I, I'm, I am against Mormonism. What I would say is that, is that it's blasphemous. It's, it's, it's absolutely blasphemous. When people come to my, my door and they're Mormons and they say, hey, you know, we believe in the same God. I absolutely do not believe in the same God. Yeah, I don't think it's the because same Jesus God. Because and, Jesus and Lucifer are not brothers. Not brothers. No. And, and, then, and Joseph Smith even says in his own book, says, I, am, I have done greater works than Jesus Christ himself. And yeah. then I will be, Joseph Smith says that he will be at the day of judgment with him, Elohim, with Jesus, Elohim, and himself judging us as people. And for Joseph Smith to say he's as powerful or just as equal to God is blasphemy. And I think the biggest thing, if you're listening out there and, and you're wondering, oh, what, you know, like they're going to, they're going to talk to you. The Mormons will talk to you. Oh, it's the same Jesus. It's the same person. It's not. I think the person that they're talking about is a false Jesus. The, a Jesus their Jesus cannot save you because right. that's not the actual true and living God. That's a person that's made up in fiction. Um, is there any talking points, Pastor Drew, well, that you, you know can give what? some people? You, you know what? We all enjoy the company of good Mormons because their behavior is so good. They're, they're, they're honest. Nice. They're upright. They're kind. They're loving. They're family-oriented. I'm talking... There's a lot of other religions out there that perhaps in future shows we'll get to that to me really are the same line that a new gospel a new prophet comes along mm -hmm. basically says your old bible is corrupted we're going to do away with it or we're going to reinterpret it or my new revelation supersedes it it's really the same and some of these newer prophets false prophets jesus warned us about yep. many of them their behavior is horrible it's out of line bombs on kids and what they do to women and just their behavior is just atrocious mm -hmm. The Mormons are very kind people. And to somebody that's not uh, religious or somebody doesn't look into the doctrine, you say, these people are wonderful. Mm -hmm. And you know what? They are wonderful people. They are. They're kind comparatively to other people. They're very good. Mm -hmm. And so what we're saying might sound harsh. Yeah. But it's not based on our goodness. It's not based on our morality or Absolutely. our ethics. It's really based on the truth of our belief. Mm-hmm. And if you have really strong belief in the wrong thing, that's terribly dangerous. Absolutely. And that's what we're trying to warn you about, is even though their behavior and the, the way they live is, in a, many ways, very good, we're worried about your soul, friend. We're worried about your spirit. We're worried about that part that's eternal. And you must be born again. You must be born again. Yeah. You must be born again. And if you don't believe that Jesus is the only begotten mm -hmm. Son of God, unique, distinct, that died on that cross, you, you cannot merit it. Mm -hmm. No matter how many doors you knock on, no matter how much you do donate, how many times you bow a direction, you cannot merit the good grace of God. Mm -hmm. It was Jesus dying on that cross, just like Noah. Mm -hmm. He found grace in the eyes of God. Absolutely. And so I, I am concerned about people that uh, are looking for acceptance, looking for to be part of something bigger. Some of their teachings about baptisms for the dead, I, I, 
what I have a hard time with that purgatory. So, purgatory. Some of their teachings about multiple wives. I I, I think it's uh, planet. You could have a planet. You'd be your own god. Yeah, I see which some is of blasphemous. That, some of that is very fleshly to me. We we it try is. and err on the side of virtues like forgiveness and joy and love and humility. It's about Jesus. It's not you know you look at Islam for example. It's you're gonna get your own planet with all these virgins. What is that appealing to? Yeah, it's appealing to our sensualness, our our sensual desires. Here you are, the god of your own planet. That's vain glory. These, these are very base desires. Yeah, the Christian has in mind not my glory, not my planet, but the kingdom of God. Yeah. So I do agree with you that the blasphemous part is debasing Jesus. Jesus is not only the Lamb of God, but He is also the sin bearer. And I think Mormonism separates that one. They say that Lucifer is the sin bearer. He's the goat yeah. that, that gets the Azazel, mm -hmm. the one that they place hands on and send him out of camp. And But that's not accurate. Jesus was taken out of Jerusalem mm -hmm. and died up on that hill. He is the sin bearer in every sense. I think, I think too, and, and, and it goes back to Jesus dying on the cross. It's not our works. You know, it's, right. it's God's grace. And I feel like a lot of these... Mormonism, Jehovah Witness, they got to do missionary work. They got to do countless hours of something right. to be able to either prove themselves worthy to be a part of this or to even, you know, get to the next level. You know, Scientology, those kind of different things. All those, I think, I draw a line to and it all is about different service they have to do in log and time they got to put in. And I'm here as a Christian free and all I'm trying to do is decrease when, and have the Lord increase. I don't, there's no time or, or mission work or hours I have to put in because it's all, it's not, it's irrelevant. You know, I want to share the gospel message, but I'm already saved. I'm, my ticket's already punched. I'm already right. going to heaven. I don't need to do a work to be able to see how worthy I am. God has already died on the cross for me. And that's another thing that kind of really throws me off is people are getting caught up in these, in Mormonism, Joe Witness and Scientology and they got to do so many things. They got to go on a different mission trip. They got to go and go to a park in the middle of the afternoon and try to win as many people as they can. They got to do certain hours. They got to do certain days of actual work. But the Bible, there's a lot of scriptures in the Bible that doesn't it's not say. not by man's work. It's by the goodness of God. If it was Read by the book man's of Romans. work, why would Jesus die on a cross if he didn't have to? If we could earn it, if we could merit it, if enough hours, enough invitations, enough magazines, this, whatever it is, if we could do enough, it would have been that way. Mm -hmm. But if God would send his only begotten son, we have the power of the Holy Spirit. And with the power of the Holy Spirit, we have the assurance of salvation. And I'm not certain that these other religions can promise you the assurance of salvation. No. First John, it says, he who has the son has life. He who does not have the son does not have the life. We have the life of God. And going back to our baptism, we chose baptism as a public declaration. You can't be baptized for the dead. It's appointed for men to die once, and then, then it's over. But when you negate the scriptures, when you say, well, these were corrupted, these were perverted, or our new prophet supersedes the old, mm -hmm. we don't supersede the Old Testament for the new. Yeah. We say it's one river that flows together. They put a dam up and say, look, our new river is better than your old one. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I do appreciate your concern because we have to equip the saints for the work of the ministry that they would not stumble at these deceptions. Yeah. I want to just tell you a little bit about my experience, Pastor Drew. I spent a lot of time, I spent a lot of time 
you know, in my younger days, in my early 20s, trying to disprove them, trying to look through so many scriptures and disprove them. And, and, I, and I would, we would get long, hour, hour long, two hour conversations. And I would see them riding their bike, talking to a family, and I would go and interrupt them. And I want them to talk to me because I don't want them to talk to a family and share their message with them. So I would get in these debates for hours. And I want to encourage the listeners out there, you know, you might be equipped with the Bible and it's good. Equip yourself and learn and, and know what the scripture says to be able to defend your faith, apologetics. But I want I want us to take a, a different method. I, I've been looking at these are people that don't know Jesus. They mm-hmm. really absolutely, they are even more different. They're different than people that just off the street that doesn't know. Yeah. They think they know Jesus, but they don't. They've been lied to. And these are the people that we have to pray for. Even we have to pray for these people even more. I think not. Well, everyone needs to know Christ, but they have been radically, radically, radically deceived by their faith or by their what they believe. And so, if you see them, Pastor, how, what, what would what would be something that you would you would do yourself if they came to your door, Pastor? What would you do? Well, I often don't receive them in, to be honest with you. And I know some people are doing philosophies. I just I haven't seen it be real fruitful. I say Me prayer neither. for them. You know, we, we go door-to-door Saturdays for one hour. And we've had people that want to conversate with Jehovah's Witnesses or other groups. And I tell them, guys, don't waste your time right now. Keep moving. Pray yeah. for them. But they're on a mission. We're on a mission. Let's let's win people. Let's show them how much we love each other. You know, let's smile and have fun events. And show them that being a church is something our kids look forward to, love yeah. being a part of. But you got to have some time to really dive into it and... There's a lot of people that need Jesus, man. Yeah. And being honest with you, I I often reach people that are easier to reach when we're walking down the yeah. street. There's there's all these houses, there's all these people. They're there on a mission. We're there on a mission. We we treat it like a race, to be honest. Yeah. We'll we'll cut in front of them, yeah. and then we'll leapfrog houses nice. to beat them to houses. Mr. Anderson and I sometimes we call them the, the fence watchers because uh-huh. they don't knock on doors anymore. They just stand at the fence. Yeah, <laughs> they, just look, they just look in. We want to share the truth with as many people as we can. But if you have a friend, a family member, it is often counterproductive to argue with them. Yeah, I think praying for them, loving them, being kind to them, uh, serving them, and demonstrating a good live life. That's see, that's where I I want to challenge myself and even others listening to this is that they're they're equipped to be able to def- to fight against us. They're equipped. They're in their training. They're equipped to be able to have these conversations with people that might not believe in. Mormonism. They're equipped to have those. And when we have these conversations with them, in my past, I would talk about scriptures. I would say, okay, what do you guys think about this? Then they would pull out their book. What do you right. think about this? And then I would say, well, what do you think about this? Right. And then we'd go back and forth. And I'm like, and then sooner or later, one of us are going to be like, you know what? It's getting late. We got to go. And as I walk away, I say, you know what? I got them. And as they walk away, I know for sure <laughs> I got him. Yeah. And so I think the biggest and the strongest thing we can do for the Mormon Groups, people that you counter every day, is be and tell them, hey, I'm a Christian. I love the Lord. I don't, I, I, I don't partake in the Book of Mormon, but I love you guys. And if you guys are willing, I'd love to pray with you guys. Yeah, Let pray them, for them. Pray for them and be friendly. And and I think in the, the Scripture says, hey, you know, they, they, people knew that they were with Jesus, and they will know if you're a real Christian. If you know, if you really have been walking with Christ, they'll know. Like, yeah, that guy was a really nice person. My last encounter with the Mormon, he's like, man, you're one of the nicest pr- people I've ever met when it yeah. comes to talking debating about God and I said well because I love you and I want you to know the truth and so 
But in my past, Pastor, I'll be honest with you, I would get in heated, <laughs> heated, heated, heated conversations. So we got a podcast, you got the fire, man. That's it. Yeah. You got the excitement. But uh, Pastor Drew, you know, I, I think this is a great message, a great podcast today, great oh, show man. today. I sure enjoyed it. Showbread. Showbread. Because it's, it's fresh. fresh. Uh, did you want to, did you want to have anything else you wanted to add? You know what? I want to keep the listeners in suspense. Okay. For next week. Come on, check out the next app. Go ahead, let it click down. Yeah. Lord bless you. Yeah. Pastor Drew, can you, can you end us in a word of prayer? You bet our Father in heaven. You are the God that can open eyes. So give us uh, the eyes of our understanding that we would be enlightened. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to share your word. We thank you for the opportunity to discuss your greatness. For you are a great God, worthy of all praise. Lord, we, we get excited. We get upset. When your name is dishonored or disgraced, and Lord, we, we nobody can disgrace you. Nobody can disgrace your name. Father, we want to see that you are always lifted up and highly esteemed. You are the Almighty God. Lord, we want to praise you. Yes, Jesus. Lord, we pray for each and every listener that you would have your hand yes, about God. them, yes, that Lord. you would bless them. Thank we you, thank Jesus. you for your waters of refreshing. We yes, thank God. you for baptism. We thank you that we can express our love and faithfulness back unto you. For you have loved us first, and you have been more faithful than we could ever be. So help us to walk in obedience and to be a great light in the dark places we go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.